Wake the Dead with Sean McCann. Greetings, and welcome to Wake the Dead. Today I have a guest, a good friend from uh, years we've been talking in chats, and uh, I invited him to the show because I wanted to uh, show my listeners uh, a perspective from someone who thinks, who is uh, uh, from a different, totally different place than you. Uh, and I'm speaking to the anarchists like me, uh, speaking to this this gentleman, his name, we'll call him Kaiser. And uh, he he's an ex-military, ex-intelligence, and um, he has, he quit his job because he recognized that he was in a... Uh, an, an evil system which harms people intentionally and he no longer wanted to be following orders that he didn't uh, that he didn't think were right he followed his heart and he quit his job and I you know, I find that extraordinarily commendable and everyone needs to to hear what uh, what someone, like you, Kaiser, what the way you think and why you did these things and why why you joined and why you quit and I think that would be a great for for my listeners to hear and welcome Kaiser. Thanks a lot, Sean. Yeah, I have no problem, brother. At uh, fourteen, that was a transitional year. Mm -hmm. uh, fourteen years of age, I uh, of course got my uh, ear pierced. I was listening to punk rock back in the day when punk was real. Right. And, uh, you know, listening to Dead Kennedys and all that good stuff. And nice. I got my first little tattoo made out of a mixture of water and tobacco ashes. And uh, put that on my arm. Wow. You know, what a rebel without a clue, right? Yeah. And I wrote a book that was pivotal to me because I was into Boy Scouts at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got my angle scout, by the way. And uh, the book was Sad Swashbuckler, The Life and Times of William Walker. Can't remember the, I've got the book somewhere. It's the only thing I've ever stolen in my life. And I stole it from the library. <laughs> and uh, because it really made me see that here's this dude that was no one that went up against, uh, back in the day, you know, Gloria Vanderbilt, her father was Commodore Vanderbilt. Well, William Walker went and invaded uh, uh, down there in South America and uh, a certain country. And um, I'm trying to remember it now. My mind's blanking. I'm getting old, guys. It's okay. So he's, <laughs> okay. He's me. It's all right. Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Uh, all right. And uh, he became the only president Nicaragua had that was an American. And they have a uh, tomb of his. Uh, there's actually a... a a grave marker for him. William Walker filibuster. 
And a filibuster is something that a lot of people don't understand. It's somebody that obstructs that it's not just something that Senate does in the United States. Right. It's also somebody that obstructs, that delays, that denies, usually uh, fighting an unauthorized war in another country. And so I was like, hmm, I think this is what I do. So one year, that's I was 15. At that time, I'd started with uh, an Explorer program for a sheriff's department that was local. And uh, I conned my mom into saying this one school in Alabama was a Boy Scout jamboree kind of thing. And I got to go to it, took the uh, Greyhound bus, and it was actually a mercenary school, Frank Camper's mercenary school. Wow. And um, went down through that, and they believed my age. They didn't ask for no ID. But then to find so out what, that... So what did you say? You were over 18? Is that... No, I wasn't. Oh, oh I was okay. 15. But I mean, is that what you told them? What do you mean they believed your age? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, okay. I was 21 is what I said. Because I'm <laughs> the size I was then, and I already started growing facial hair yeah, yeah. at 15. But then, you know, as I got uh, older, you know, everybody got taller, or at least right, myself. Right. So yeah. I was so, 11. So you had, you had a drive to go do this. You read this book, yeah. and you're like... This is what I got to do. You followed your heart and you're like, I'm going to go do what this you're going to you're going to join and learn these skills to become a mercenary. Is that like mercenary? Were you were you signing up for American something or was it just learning fighting skills and how to how to manage your mind and your life? Uh, was it I mean, when you when you joined, was it specifically to to have a path into the u.s military no i think honestly you had it uh in the beginning right when you started out with it it was a way to manage and and put myself under the most amount of stress and to discover things i just felt this right. need it was a wunderlust you know in german yeah um, right. i wanted to i had a lust for wonder yeah, I think all children and, and kids do. And uh, I was just able to attain it in a weird way. I mean, right. anyway, so then later on, I remember when Camper got busted, because this is during Iran-Contra garbage. And I think I was getting ready to go into the Army at that time. And he got his school got busted for training uh, what they called... Um, all they were from uh Gaddafi's regime in um libya and uh they said he was training a hit team or something but in the end he didn't do any prison time because he actually was working for the cia but that's another story <laughs> uh, it, it's funny how things roll i tell everybody this right. all the time uh everybody you meet in your life you'll meet again you always hmm. will it's at least one more time you'll meet them in your life and in, in my 54 years of age. Hmm. So, um, anyway, so I went into the army at 17, um, uh, got my Eagle scout before I did that. Uh, then I went into, um, the Marine Corps at 20 cause I was pissed. I was a cold warrior. I worked in Berlin at checkpoint Charlie as a military policeman where I got sheep dipped into a certain agency. Sheep dip. Uh, could you explain that? Uh, the, my listeners might not know that term. Okay, 
Sorry. Uh, different intelligence agencies, if they see something in somebody, uh, they'll put them into being not only, if you're active military, not only will you be in that military organization, but you're also going to be brought in to collect, you know, intelligence. Intelligence is not what people think. Like uh, police intelligence, that's people trying to find crimes. Right. Uh, if you're looking for, if you're working for the government in an intelligence capacity, it's not always about finding out crimes. It's about finding out the truth. And that means it's unbiased. So you're not searching for a specific target, or maybe you are, but you want to find out the truth of it. Because bad intelligence, that's why police intelligence is, is an oxymoron. <laughs> uh, it really is, because they're looking for a crime. It's, it's Leventry. Yeah. This is right. classical. Uh, before there was a KGB, you had the NAKV, NAKV, or NVKD. I'm sorry. Wow. Leventry was the guy's name. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyways, he's the f guy who had the famous quote, show me the man, I'll find you the crime. Well, see, that's <laughs> false because yeah. you're already stepping off. Right. With an assumption, right, and you you're you're looking for something, and then you're not going to see everything else like it. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And and maybe that person's dirty as fuck, but everybody else around him isn't. Right. Maybe they just got sucked into the mayu. Right. <clears throat> and um, so, anyways, I did that, and my last year was on uh, Naval Air Station Adak, Alaska, guarding something called Classic Wizard, a precursor to the Heart Program. And, really? Um, wizard was yeah. in the name. That's interesting. That's yeah. Classic wizard. K was the classic. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll, we'll look that up on our own time. Please continue. Yeah. Um, and then what ended up happening was uh, the army didn't give me the war against the Soviets, which I desperately wanted to fight the Soviets, and I still do. I'm an, I'm still a devout anti-communist. So anarchist or communist? I'm sorry, but yeah. You they, know, they're an oxymoron. The Those people are oxymorons. Anarcho-communists are, yeah. they don't understand what it is. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The problem is they want to implement fascism through communism. Right. And they don't even right. see, but they're just I, misled. But I, I do have to apologize to them so that they understand. I did see East Germany. Right. And, you know, that, that, as a young man, really changed me to see it through different eyes. And I can't explain to you why I can say that, but I can't. Right. Uh, so, so you saw, I mean, you don't have to explain, but you, but you saw generally the, uh, the horrors of, of the East German, like yeah. the way that they ran their government and yeah, how, right. And how it, it demoralized and, uh, you know, beat down the public. You know, it, it's really de, it didn't just demoralize; it dehumanized. Right. That's what. That's a better word. Yes. And you know, I believe uh, every human being is a special gift, even those that don't think they are. Right. And uh, I'm a bastard, by the way, so everybody knows. I didn't have a dad, but the cool thing was with the military and all the stuff I did. I had a lot of really great mentors that got my head right. Because honestly, I was partial communist until I went into the Marine Corps in the first Gulf War. Then I went into the Marine Corps at 20. 
And uh, then the Gulf War happened. I started out under Reagan, then under Bush Sr. And, uh, but because of my first, you know, being in the Army first, that first agency I always kept ties with, even though I was a Marine. And that's why I had an Army ID that was active. Right. It accidentally got found during a health and comfort inspection. And luckily, they didn't, the sergeant didn't take it and like want to disc me with it instantly, but he talked to somebody. Next thing you know, they're shaking down my room. But by that time, I'd already taken it to my uncle's in Fullerton and come back and they're tossing my room. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? They're like, so, like, so you're in this system, like, you, they're treating you like the Stasi. You know, like yeah. the Stasi treats the citizens of East Germany and you're yeah. in the military like, what the fuck? I'm on your side, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> well, they're like, why do you got an active army ID card? I said, what? Well, Sergeant so-and-so said he found it. I said, he must have been dreaming or something. And he starts going, I say, guys, look, look all through my room. You're not going to find it. But uh, it's funny. I, that, I mean, the way the, com the compartmentalization of like how they got to keep these people separate from these people and they don't know what the others know. I mean, it, the way that uh, uh, like a pyramid scheme is set up, nobody knows it's all compartmentalized and they don't know what they're doing. And then when they confront each other by accident, they have to fight over the power of who, you know, who climbs above them on the pyramid. It's really an odd, like nobody works together, you know, like, after 9-11 happened, they're like, oh, these agencies never talk to these agencies. Whoops. And it's like, how can it be intelligence if they're if they're occulting information from each other? It's it's really fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't get mean where you're coming you. from. No, no, no. I get where you're coming from. But I think a little bit of that's wrong headed. Mm -hmm. uh, like during that time, Bush Sr. had been president for a while. This was after. It was around 89, I think. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was before the Gulf War, so it was 89, 90. Somewhere around there. Right. And um, anyway, so I secreted it at my uncle's when I noticed it was moved. But then they, they're just, the Marine Corps was like, why, why you got an Army ID when you're in the Marine Corps and it's still valid? And I'm like, I don't have an Army ID card. You know, Sergeant So right. whatever. I go say his name. They thought I could, you were I a spy or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, who knows what they thought? They were just morons. But <laughs> intelligence do share, but it, there's channels they do it, and it is like a fiefdom. You're exactly correct. They're, they they want to keep a hold of their power. Right. But it really got bad under Clinton uh, because Jamie Gorelick, who's now back in uh, power again, also was in power under Obama, erected what's called the Gorelick Wall, where intelligence couldn't speak to law enforcement huh. unfortunately when uh trump was in office he didn't know how to dismantle the gorillic wall and it it starts with the ses and sis special executive service and the special intelligence service you got to get rid of it all because they're all careerists they're going to be there for 30 they're there for 30 to 40 years maybe 50 years some of them and it's basically a lifetime appointment unless the president fires them. And it really does take an act of the president to fire them. Wow. And two prime examples were Strzok and Page. They were SES. And then SIS would be Brennan and Clapper, Special Intelligence Service. Right. So 
these are things that he just didn't reeve up quick enough because he was he was an amateur at it. He was a businessman, Democrat, Manhattan Democrat. You know, people who got hemmed up and jimmed up thinking he was a Republican and an insider. He was somewhat an insider. He donated to people, but he also, besides Roy, his ties to Roy Cohn, uh, he really was a neophyte. And the people he brought in were neophytes. So it would be amateur hour. It'd be like me bringing you into a war zone, <laughs> expecting you to know everything I know. Right. Do you see the difference? I get it. It's mm-hmm. it's unfair. Right. And, you know, he was he was exactly what we needed at the time. But just like Reagan, they just bought time. Uh, Eisenhower post- was the one who warned everybody about the uh, Amer- uh, military industrial complex. Yeah, and, and it's the medical like, industrial complex. Uh, well, that now, but that's been co-opted. See, right. everybody should have gotten worried when they started naming surgeon generals. Right. Because how can somebody be an admiral with no military experience except they're a doctor? And then when you start forming the CDC, all of this stuff... Okay, first, a lot of people have, and then I became, hold on, let me just finish this part out, I guess. Yeah, then I, please, please, yeah. We then agree. I went to work for said federal agency for a few years, and 9-11 happened, and all of a sudden, a great job I had became, it was still a great job, but I was now living in the field and living in Afghanistan after 9-11, October 26th, wow. and um, riding horses and all that kind of weird shit. Um. Anyway, so I, I get out of that, and I go and become a federal cop and went through FLETSI, Federal Law Enforcement uh, Training Center in Glencoe, Georgia, and uh, learned that the Constitution, this is really where I learned it even more. I remember it from high school civics, but I guess it never really struck me back then because, like I said, I was like a communist back in high school and, and an right. anarchist. Nobody pays attention uh, in school. Like, I mean, if you don't care about what the teacher's saying, you're not really listening. You know, you're just there. But once now you're in it and you're an adult and you care about these things, so you're looking it up and you're learning. Well, no, we had uh, federal prosecutors and uh, defense attorneys that gave these classes. And you would learn that through the Constitution, th- that Bill of Rights is your civil rights. That Bill of Rights is the handcuff to the United States government. Right, right. It says what they can't do. Exactly. The only place where they say this is what they can do is in the Fourth Amendment of the Bill of Rights, but it even has handcuffs there. No illegal searches and seizures, blah, 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 blah. Right. You guys can read, that's something, read your Bill of Rights. Right. And by the way, never talk to the police. That is uh, important, very yes. important advice and if they and yep. if they do if you do say anything always say i do not understand <laughs> right. right so please continue and uh then uh i left that and started contracting in iraq in 05 still a true believer by the way and then 06 happened and it was the end of 05 actually um the end of 05 I was working for SAIC and then NPRI and uh, just training Iraqi police and supporting 
basically uh, easy merc work. You support them, but you can't fight the war for them. You know, right. all you can do is teach them and help them get there. Right, train them and hand them the gun and be like, get out there and be somebody. <laughs> no, no, no. I went out with them. So yeah, yeah, when I say support, I actually put my ass out there too. Sure. Because I gave a fuck about these people. Good. And we right. pacified, we pacified Al Coot, Wasit Province, and uh, also at Diwania. We had a rooftop battle on that one. Wow. And uh, then I, I went up to Mosul, and it was late November of uh, November twentieth of. 05 and i got there by the way january like third or something when i got to iraq in 05 wow it's a long um, time yep yep well i went i went to europe with my wife for 45 days and got wounded on my first day back so i had 20 days to recoup and then go up to mosul anyway so maybe a month later it was around december I, i my wife sent me a small little christmas tree and you know, a thing of uh, Diet Pepsi, uh, you know, a case of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I got it whenever. But um, a couple days after that, we got hit in Mosul. The Army did. We were going with the Army because that's what they did up there, which was stupid. And I used to tell them it was ignorant. But Army convoys attract yeah, uh, bullets like, like flies to shit. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, you I don't, don't want to travel that way. Right. And uh, anyway, so they get hit. We rescued everybody out. They had some burns, minor burns, and and anybody. How did you hit, How did you rescue them out? Did you? Uh, you you make like a V. You make like a V with the follow-on cars in the yeah. front, and then the car that's furthest behind blocks off the back so you now have a tactical v and that way you have all 360s covered oh because you're pointing in that many directions yeah and and then after we extracted them into the vehicles we took off and of course my vehicle i was looking through uh probably four by four inch that i could see out of because the hard car's glass all went green when it got when the v-bed blew up in front of me when i was a little ways back but i think it got hit by probably the bumper or something at a high momentum i really don't yeah. know what hit me. a piece of but shrapnel anyway, or whatever something fell flew in and something like hit. big right something big. Yeah, so yeah. it like cracked your view or something so you couldn't see yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, uh when you have a threat level i think it's threat level 16 vehicle <coughs> the glass is real thick it's like four inches three and a half four inches thick right to repel bullet fire is that right yeah yeah okay and it also has you know protection against shrapnel and whatnot but the thing about it was uh if it gets hit by a bullet or something it doesn't spider web like you'll see glass do safety glass sure what it'll do is it just turns green and it spider webs and so now you're obstructed from vision and so oh that's all the amount i could see that's very, that's not though. very efficient doesn't that just make you a sitting duck gonna get shot again if you can't see out like what the hell well, are you no thinking? no you'll have 
areas where you can see out of, but now right, four by four, like hole or, or wherever it could be less right. than that, but you may have to stand up a little bit to see out of it. I mean, you have to right. understand it's, it's, it's going to protect you, right? but when asking the area is up to you anyway. Right. So we get back, okay. we, take them, we take them to, um, we extract them. The last person out was a staff sergeant, grabbed a uh, AT4 and got behind the vehicle when we got in and fired it off to kill the uh, Blue Star tracker system that we had, or Blue Force tracker system we had in that Hummer. And that sh it's classified shit, so you can't leave the vehicle burning and on fire. And uh, oh, because you don't want anybody to steal it right, and take well, the information. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't matter now. I mean, Biden gave them all that shit. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, right. you know, that, that's what you had to do back then, you know, when, when people actually knew what the fuck they were doing. But um, anyways. When, sabotage, when they huh? weren't sabotaging the people like what Biden's doing with his, you know, Chinese. We'll, we'll get to that later, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can talk about that if you want. Touch lightly <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but I've, I've, this is an interesting story. Like you you saved these people, yep. and you exploded this device, and you're yep. Go ahead. Took them back to the BAS battalion aid station where they got their little burns and something like that. They had just started adding a three foot bumper to the Hummers that were mm -hmm. up armored, and the V bed actually detonated from behind them. And then there was automatic weapon fire, AKs and shit coming from the sides. That's why we had to do the V thing to extract them. Jesus. And so we get them back from the BAS. And we're all in the chow hall and CNN's playing in the chow hall. And they say today five military policemen were killed, you know, on Mosul. And there's the vehicle burning. And I looked at the five people alive and I said, hey, guys. I'm going to go grab the truck as soon as the windshield's clean, and I'm going to take you guys out to the airport in Mosul. We were on, um, uh, the name of that base in Mosul was um, Merez, Camp Merez, and they had an air base on it. And I said, and I'll make sure you get on a goddamn plane and go home, because you're dead. CNN said so. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at that point, I, I stopped believing in the media. Yeah. Completely. And uh haven't watched them since. And I don't even have TVs in my house because of that. Awesome. Um, then uh, I went back to work for the federal government in 06 after my mother passed in August. And I worked for uh, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And if they call out of I speak Arabic. I know I look like a hillbilly, but I speak Arabic. And um, so the point is, um so you you were working for the the border patrol and you have all this experience not border patrol immigration and customs immigration and customs okay so you're looking at what's traveling over the you're looking at all the the people and the the um contraband as it yeah. were yeah mm -hmm. yeah and um i noticed trends on certain things like there was a reason why we had Chinese season when the Chinese would get smuggled in hmm. and their methodologies, the dope smuggling. Right. And their technologies uh, and, and what they would <laughs> use to smuggle it. I mean, the different traps people have in their car doors so that they can like hit a button. Like, let's say I turn the volume up on the stereo and I 
hit the uh, hit the light for the blinkers. Right. For the yeah, yeah. and then lights. a trap door will open, and then you can open up find like, yeah. yeah, 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 kilos and kilos wherever they can put them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know that, that was a big learning curve, and then <laughs> I, I saw certain things happening, and I was like, uh, I'm done with this shit. And yeah. then because there was corrupt, there, corruption, you mean? Is that what you no, saw? No, 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 no. It was. I'll give you an example, and I'm not going to go in depth, and I can't tell you the names of everybody, but what I will That's say good. is there's a person on the port. That's what they call an entry port, mm-hmm. and I happen to be there and uh, for a reason. And then um, there was a mishit. A female who had the first name of Christy uh, got and had the last name of another name, and then this other person came up, and it was a a mishit because they use a system called SoundX on text. So when they swiped her ID, it came back with armed and dangerous, but it was Mel by the name of Christopher. Same last name. Oh. So that's a mishit. It goes by sounding. That's why it's right. SoundX. Right. Okay? Instead of typing the, the letters out, it, it listens to the voice of how they say it. No, 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 no. Oh. If it's off like Christy to mm-hmm. Christopher, I see. sees Chris. Right. And then the T. Yeah. And then it yeah. doesn't mean it, it's it's no longer looking for the Y. It's now looking for the last name. I see. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's super easy how to explain how it works. It's not, it's swiping the passport or mm-hmm. now the little scanner thing, scanning it into the system. And instantly you know who it is it'll be a miss hit or a hit or whatever but anyways it's, there's a policy that they always you always got to bring them in the secondary and search the vehicle and search them blah 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 place them under apprehension your constitutional rights and and it's justifiable just like in the military your constitutional rights at the border are suspended you don't have them, even an american citizen so and it's also up. that way it's also that way in the military because you have the ucmj Because of this, if you're a foreigner, by immigration law and customs law, a foreigner, you can send them back. An American, you can come in. We can't deny an American entrance. See, you got to remember, this is just a gatekeeper. Right. So American's going to be allowed in, but he may be allowed in, or she may be allowed in, in handcuffs. (laughs) Right. That's the way that works. Gotta love the government. Yeah. Well, this has been the only thing established by the Constitution besides the Marshal Service federally. Even the FBI gets their jurisdiction through the Marshal Service. But other than that, uh, customs and immigration was started by our Constitution because that was the way we used to get money. We didn't use to tax our people until 19. 19- 17 or something like that right 1918 somewhere around there right so it was under wilson i believe yeah the um the when they started the federal reserve yes and so anyways that's by the constitution and that's how we would levy tariffs and taxes right that order right so that's why it's like that so like i mean customs like to get to get to do trading and shit you would that's yeah. how we would make our money back 
Yes, yes. And that was the way we funded the government because the government was right. naturally small. Right. And this is another fallacy people have is they think like the FBI, Marshal Service, this, that, and every federal agency has law enforcement, gun carriers. And if you disbelieve me, every IG, Inspector General's office, okay, they all carry guns. Right. They're Title Six C law enforcement agents. So anybody who carries a gun is de facto uh, a cop. And it's just like regulations. I, I talk to people and I tell them, you don't understand when you allow these regulations to be put in place, de facto they become law because they're going to be enforced right. by IGs or gun carriers of one of these agencies. Right. Does that make sense? Or did it I just does. talk about my ass? <clears throat> no, it does. And also, I wanted to make a point that uh, my wife and I, like, we always talk about how there's no law so small that cops won't kill you for it. I mean, just in the news a couple weeks ago, there was a man who was shot and killed because uh, they were serving a warrant to him for uh, because he didn't mow his grass. He let his grass get too long. And they have that law here in Ohio, too, where if you if you let your grass get too long, they'll take your house. They'll charge you money and they'll even take your house. And this dude was like, no. And he pulled a gun and the cops killed him. You know, I, I know it's wrong to pull a gun, but I guess he was there was some kind of altercation. But it does. It, it, it all started with this mowing the grass law. Right. And so having all of them being armed with weapons is like if you interact with them, it might end in death. And these people are following orders. They don't always think before they pull the trigger. And that's evident in the news all the time. Cops are killing people. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, there there are some cops that that I mean, it, there are there are people and they do have brains and they may choose to not pull the trigger you know um but still there's always that there's always that threat of death because they're carrying it with them like uh you know they they believe it's it's like you know they they grow up watching 007 and they think oh they got a license to kill you know because i'm part of this system and it was i'm just following orders so I, when i kill it's just it's uh it's just policy you know uh, I didn't mean well, to take, it off, take us off track. No, 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 no. I, I, I get everything you're saying. The only thing I can say is there's, I, having come from that Malu, and I do agree there are some, and, and they are small in number, but here's my worry now. Mm. With all these states that have mandated and are following, and especially the federal government, they're getting rid of the military that won't take the backs. The cops yeah. that won't take the backs. Right. The EMTs that won't take the backs, the nurses and doctors. Okay? Very good point. The ones that are Here, left are going to be the ones that follow the orders implicitly. Exactly. Right. It's always been that kind of person. When mm. when I was in, if I came to somebody's door as a rational human being and somebody that loves all of humanity, you know, they brought me there. I didn't go there looking to find anything. Something happened. Something very bad. I'm not. Get, I can't get into specifics on these things. Sorry about that, folks. But if I showed up at your door, there was a reason. 
It wasn't something trivial. It wasn't grass mowing. Right, right. <clears throat> well, you, you know? worked in a different department than the people that came knocking on his door. But please exactly. continue. Exactly. No, right. no, no, no. You're right. But, I mean, even there's probably people in that department that when he got back, they were like, you did what, you dumb fuck? Right, exactly. I mean, trust me. Trust me. Yeah. You'll have people push back. I used to tell people if I saw them violate somebody's civil rights, I'd say, that's your one. That's your one. If they, they get ask a one, me, a pass, they I get a one pass. And... Not a one-time pass. Mm -hmm. That's your one. If I'm asked about it, I'm telling the truth, you son of a bitch. Don't <laughs> ever do it again. Awesome. Awesome. Because that's your that constitutional bill of rights is your civil rights. Right. And well, don't let anybody trample it. And that's why I tell people all the time, community, build a community. Yes. Because guess what? If that cop would come to my door with all the people that I know who are former cops and former vets, and we all know each other, that's why the American Legion and VFW was so good back in the day. Everybody forgets about the Battle of Athens, Tennessee, where they're trying to stuff votes when the veterans got back after World War II. When they did that, they were doing it in the sheriff's office. Guess what the vets did? They went to the sheriff's office, grabbed the boxes while they were stuffing them, and they took them, took charge of them, kicked the fucking sheriff out, <laughs> and then they counted them in public so everybody could see. Wow. Underarmed guard, and then the sheriff lost the vote, and that <laughs> motherfucker went to prison. Wow. That's the kind of shit you need to do. That's real power right there. Holy crap. But that's what America <laughs> was when I grew yeah. up. Yeah. I didn't try this shit in the fucking 70s, 60s, and 80s, and 90s. There was still enough World War II, World War I vets, Vietnam, Korean War vets that would have stood. I blame it on my generation for failing to see it. And even I didn't see it until late. I'm sorry, man. No, please. This is important. This is I love the I love the passion. Please. It's great, man. This is great. This is real shit. And people need to hear this. That kind yeah. of thing inflames me. And yeah. the only way to beat it now is fucking develop community. What they're doing with the race, with everything else, Division. is built to divide. Yeah, right. They can't conquer, conquer us if we stand together. That's right. And I'm not talking black block bullshit. No. I'm talking <laughs> about standing together peaceably and saying, no, nah, you right. ain't doing that to him. Saying no and standing up for other people's rights and yes. standing up for our own rights. Yes. yes. Right. With teeth, too. We need to have our weapons on our side because they're carrying yeah. death. We need to carry it, too. You yeah. know, that'll keep us safe while we do it. Like, if you They'll look at you. what's They'll that come for you one on one. But once the first one gets picked off, if everybody goes to the next house, it's over. Right. It's called the Bubba effect. That's something we train for in the military and also in law enforcement. Explain that, please. Bubba effect's easy. Okay. Uh, easiest way I can explain it. Um, okay. Let's say 9-11 happened and mm -hmm. you live in uh, Buffalo, Egypt, Ohio, or California, or wherever. Um, and Joey, Joey Bag of Donuts had his sister die in the towers when it got collapsed. And the media is whipping up, you know, on the Arabs, you know, mm -hmm. even though they were Saudis, you know, we had to go to war with Afghanis and then we had to go to war with Iraqis. But right, because that's heroin and oil. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. right. Well. 
Carlisle group. I mean, we can get into all that, but uh, it's just too long a thing. But anyways, my listeners should know all that already. Let's keep going with what I'm saying. So then all of a sudden, uh, Bubba goes into uh, the local uh, BP. And he's getting gas, goes in, and there's a guy wearing a towel around his head. You know, but he happens to be a Sikh. He's not even a Muslim. He's not an Afghan. Right. But somebody who's ignorant doesn't know that, and then they take out their aggression. Yeah, and the guy has words with him, and so Bubba shoots him. Now everybody in the town knows he's wrong. Everybody in that town knows he's wrong. Mm -hmm. But then the feds show up. And everybody comes over and they're like, hold on, hold on up. You ain't taking Bubba, baby. Right. He was wrong. We'll deal with him. Get the fuck out of our state. Get the fuck <laughs> out of our city or our town. Right. And so that, that happens. And then all of a sudden, that kicks off a civil war. That's the Bubba effect. Okay. It can be so that small. Not really a civil war. It's like a anti-government. No, war, it basically. becomes a civil war. Wow. And that's what the government, that's why they put this divide and conquer in. Right, right. Because they, they wanted to have, they want the civil war. No, they, they want to have everybody divided. So it becomes a civil war within the people, not right. against government. And exactly. they can always pick a side to survive. Right, the most right. compliant side, which unfortunately <laughs> yeah. right the ones now who are take the communists. The right. Yeah, the communists. Yeah. Right, right. Wow. So this the is the no one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in your audience, if they haven't looked him up, uh, there's a guy by Yuri Bezmenov. Yes. And watch out. He's watch great. his talk on normalization, destabilization, all that. This is basic 101 shit that I know. Yes. Except that's KGB shit. Mm-hmm. But we have the same shit going on. Because we are the same, we have the same human mind, you know what I mean? It's how you control the mind. It's how you control yes. people. Right. And remember, Barack Obama is the one who signed into law, which it used to be illegal. Trust me on this. You could not propagandize through the media. Right. And Barack <laughs> Obama said, no, you can. You can now. You can. Legally. Yeah. Thanks. And yeah. why do you think now all of a sudden you see all these intelligence people on the TV whenever I see something on YouTube and I see Brennan or fucking Clapper on? You didn't used to see except former people right. who were intel and usually whistleblowers. But when now it's now it's active intelli- or it's active uh, mind control propaganda against the U.S. public through the media like that is the, the government, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, right. It, it used to be called the the uh, uh, fifth column, or fifth or column, fourth or, well, yeah, fifth yeah. columns. One thing, yeah, fourth, yeah. Uh, fourth branch of fourth branch of uh, of, of, of the, the U.S. Right. of the government. It keeps everything in check because, like, it exposes truth, or it should. You know, it should. Yes. Right. But it's no longer doing that. <laughs> it's pushing. Right. Well, I'm sure people in your audience know. I know you know, Sean. I'm, I feel like I'm talking down to these people. It's like no, when no. I talk on one of our groups, I always feel like I'm talking down to people. And I know I'm not, but it's like spitting into the wind. I was I was talking this shit in fucking 90. Right. Uh, 93 when I got out and I went in the National Guard. 
I was a union iron worker, putting myself through college. Uh, so, you know, I know what it's like to work. Right. It wasn't just military. And yeah. going out there and raising a family, right. you know, and I've been married 27 years, got the most, the best wife on the planet awesome. and the greatest son. Awesome. And during that time, I mentored many people. And those people believe the same way I do. I instilled that. I believe in mentorism because as a bastard, that's how I learned. Right. It's important. But yeah, find somebody that you can trust. It's not going to misguide you. Try to string you into some fucking trap. Yeah. And listen to them. Right. Yeah. That's anyway. great advice, man. Great advice. Anyway, that's that's my two cents on that. But yeah, man. Um, so the the Bubba was, effect, you were you were there in this place, and you you knew the Bubba effect was was something to contend with, and so yes, uh, yeah, yeah, they they always knew it, so they had to come up with a, a way around it, mm -hmm. and then COVID nineteen happened, and globally, so anybody who doesn't think that look by the laws of land warfare, you folks look it up. Laws of land warfare, bioweapon release. Let's say, uh, giving the benefit of the doubt, an accidental release of a biological agent, even if it's not a weapon, not been weaponized. If it was accidentally expelled or released mm -hmm. somehow, uh, it's the duty of that nation to inform every nation this is what's happening and try to control it at its source. Right. Well, what China did was they kept all internal flights from China, from Wuhan, flying into anywhere. And the trains couldn't go anywhere out of Wuhan. Those people were prisoners. Then what they did was they allowed flights all around the world because China was about to tube itself. This is what they're not telling everybody. And China didn't say shit. Right. I was on my way and I made it all the way to Brazil on a contract. You know about this one back in 18. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had contracted this virus in Afghanistan right before I was leaving. And when I hit Brazil on March 13th, uh, I still didn't know what I had. You know, I had this lung issue that I just mm -hmm. couldn't get rid of. And that was from September. I'm, I'm sorry, I just lied to you. And your audience from September 18 and March of 19, but it was March 13th of 2019. Okay. I'm clear on this. It's fine. And hold so on. March just, of 2019, just, it was already just, there. Yeah. I, oh. and then, uh, I'm conflating dates now. Hold on, man. I got to think, I got to look That's at my fine. passport. Anyway, so it was March 13th of 20. Yeah, it was 2019. It was before the so election. you got to Brazil. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and the border of the target country shut its door. Because I no longer work for the government. 2009, I, I won't even work for U.S. companies. I'll work in support of what I believe are U.S. ideas. Right. You know, freedom, democracy, right. that kind of crap. <laughs> but I won't work for the u.s because of the corruption i've seen and i and right and we'll get to that too 
because yeah. we, we want to have that on the show too. I want I want the listeners to hear that. <clears throat> well, okay. And when I was working in 2009, just a quick synopsis. Okay. Uh, we had quit using uh, Gurkhas and we started getting all these Ugandans. And you know, a lot of them were. So these are Ugandans that were coming into the border. Is that what you're saying? No, into 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 Iraq, into Iraq. Into I was Iraq. In Iraq. Yeah. Okay. And I was working for an American, the last American company I worked for, in 2009. Okay. And so we got rid of the Gurkhas, which are trained professionals by the British, okay. and they dealt with everybody professionally, nicely, and all of a sudden we we had young people coming in that had PTSD because they were child soldiers somewhat. Oh. And they were making $600 a month. Where wow. the Gurkhas, we were paying them 1500 bucks or something, so they were saving some money. But here's the rub on it. I found this out when I got home because one day I just got done taking out my Ugandans to qualify, to shoot, you know, downrange and qualify and hit targets so I knew that right. I could shoot. And I come back and I'm the project manager of that, but the program manager is in the office, and I'm putting, you know, their qualification papers in the in the in the uh, file cabinets, and they're big ass file cabinets, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I pulled the wrong one accidentally, and I'd always wondered why I never saw anything but their LOAs, uh, your authorization to be in country. Okay. And um, but I never saw their passports, which. You can't take anybody's passport. That's human trafficking. If I were to take your passport right. overseas, if I took it here, it's a non-event. You'd just say you stole my passport. Right. You know, I'm not if, a, if it's in a different country. Yes. If it's yeah. a Ugandan here, that's human trafficking. If I've got a Ugandan passport, you see how this works? I see. That doesn't belong to me. And, right. and that guy's somehow working for me. Right. So anyways, it still works the same way even in a war zone. So uh, I open it and I see all these passports. And I'm like, what the fuck is this to the program manager? He goes, shut the drawer, shuff. The drawer you want's right above it. And I'm like, yeah, man, I forgot. I said, but what the fuck is this? Right. And he goes, don't worry about it. You didn't see nothing. I was like, all right. I said, you're human trafficking. And I walked out and I went to CID, Army CID. Navy, what we used to call OSI, Office of Special Investigations, but now they call it NCIS. Or that's Air Force OSI, I'm sorry. And it used to be NIS, Naval Investigative Service. And uh, now they call it uh, uh, NCIS, Naval Criminal Investigation Service, and DCIS, Defense Criminal Investigation Service, which is the FBI for DOD. And that's an IG, by the way, gun carrier. Notice, but nobody knows about DCIS. It is a great job working with them boys, and those boys are good. So, anyways, I come back and nobody did anything. And I'm like, okay, window or aisle, man, I'm flying out tomorrow. I'm not staying here anymore because you're trafficking humans. This is not going to happen with me. Wow. And I flew out the next day. And uh, I get home, and a brother of mine, not even going to say his first name because. He's retired and shit, but he doesn't need this. Right. Uh, calls me up. He's like, Chef. I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? And he goes, uh, yeah, that question you ask? Let me tell you the truth on that. 
He goes, Obama's Aid for Africa program. You know that? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Aid, I heard about aid that. for Africa. Okay. Program from Obama. Right. Okay. He said, the Ugandan government gets paid $2,000 per head per month that the government pays through the company. And then they pay the company the difference between the 1500 to the 600 so they're the company's actually only paying 600 but they're making an additional let's minus that 900 dollars per head wow see how this works so the government of uganda is getting pay, paid for trafficking their own citizens yes. to iraq to work well they mean they may not even be their own <laughs> citizens they might be citizens from a surrounding country and they just give them a Ugandan passport because a lot of these passports wow. are brand new, brother. Wow. With one stamp, entry into Iraq. So this is slavery. It is. It was United States. And the United States Obama. is all it, about that shit. It's well, notice. The first black president yeah. is trading in Ugandan slaves. And, and what did Hillary do? She opened up the slave markets in Libya when she killed Gaddafi. Right, right. The open and, air slave markets are now again happening in Tripoli. Uh, yes. This is this real is, shit, guys. Right, right. This isn't Kaiser's fantasy world. No. This is shit I've seen. Right. And then other things that Hillary does is she steals children from Haiti to bring them to Dominican Republic. And if and, anybody doubts that, look at her little secretary. They got busted yeah. bringing in, what was it, 25 Laura, kids? It was 33, and her name is Laura, Laura Silsby. That's it. That's it. Silsby. I, I was about to say yeah. Silsby. You got me. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. but please, I I, that's great. She yeah. And she was bringing it to the Dominican Republic. And what what's past the Dominican Republic? All of those islands, you know? Oh, and oh, Joe Biden owns that. an island. And Epstein had an island. Yeah, what was that island that made the news that the guy didn't certainly didn't kill himself? Oh, right. that was Epstein. Epstein, exactly. So Hillary Clinton's good friends with them. Bill Clinton, good friends. All everybody, all chummy pals in their human slavery. Well, here's the fucking thing: how they dirty people up too. And everybody might think I'm a Trumpster or whatever. Whatever, guys. I'm. I I can disagree with Trump when he fucked up. You've heard me do it. Oh, yeah. Not here, but other places. Sure, yeah. But the one thing that I will say is um, Trump got dirtied up by taking a flight from, like, uh, New York to uh, his place at Mar-a-Lago mm -hmm. because he took Epstein's flight. And they said, yeah. oh, he's friends with Epstein. Trump found out because Epstein's dirty ass tried to fuck one of his fucking 14-year-old employees right, right yeah. trump kicked him out barred him from mir lago that's interesting because trump he made a speech where he's talking about epstein and he's like oh he likes the women a little younger ha 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 like a joke and uh you know so trump knew about the whole shit and he was saying oh, it fuck yeah 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 and, but anyway and so did a lot of people anyways right, so that. so you so you were you were exposed to Real-time human trafficking. Yeah. And uh, so, and you already knew the media was giving lies. 
and they they took you and your good intentions and yeah. they put you in a path where they could use you as they wanted basically and that's when i said fuck you i can do this by myself and make more money and awesome. i did awesome. i sold my look i'm in the skin trade too i have to be honest with everybody you what said mercenary. you right. said scenario okay skin trades easy okay. humans trafficking um pornography uh prostitution and mercenaries although most people who are mercenaries will tell you they're a contractor they're a consultant right. yeah i wouldn't you know. put mercenaries in the same category as like people that yeah, trade, trade children uh, they, on the black market i mean no it's all the skin trade because right. the difference is we willingly put our skin into the market that's the only difference and we oh, still have okay. Pay master. Okay. Like it's a voluntary thing of you doing jobs for money. Just like a prostitute. Right, right, right. But it's but it's, but it's different than like when I think skin trade, I think of somebody who like trades in someone else's skin for money. You no, know? Like, it's well, like all the same. Right. Okay. Adnan Khashoggi in the arms dealing market, everybody forgets about him from the eighties. Uh, Khashoggi, you might remember that name by the reporter, the Saudi reporter that got killed. Uh, that was his nephew. And okay. Adnan was the largest gun dealer. And you used to see him all the time on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his yacht and shit. Wow. The world's most rich man. Yeah. He Epstein was, was on that show, too. Epstein was on that yes. show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, go so, on. but even arms dealers. Right. are in the skin trade. So you have to understand, anything that has the cost of skin, an honest broker will be honest about everything. Mm -hmm. At least this is my voluntarism. Right. I voluntarily do it. Right. But and I it's only your body to be dealing with. It's not someone yes. else's. Right, right. Exactly. And that's why I have no problem with people who use dope, even though I don't. And it's for one reason. I do something... Look... Guaranteed, if I keep doing this, and I've been fortunate, I've been doing this a long time, guys and gals. Um, I've been fortunate. I've had, I'm one of the few people that have a marriage that is successful. My mind's still intact. Uh, well, I guess that's debatable, right, Sean? Uh, <laughs> but besides that, I still have my faculties. Besides my memory, it's starting to slip. I'm getting old, guys and gals. Um, but I also, I lost the fear, which is something I think everybody should lose is the fear. And I also lost, the only time I lied in my life was when I worked for the government. Huh. <laughs> Uh, that's a good quote right there. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah, well. I've told you that before. Yeah, man. And I'm glad that you quit because lying, it, it's not good for you. <laughs> well, no, it's not because, yeah. I mean, when I went over to Afghanistan the first time, my family thought I was in Virginia. That's that's a crime. And when I, I've got my sat phone, my Global Star sat phone, it's got a Virginia number. And it would come in as a call from Virginia, or if they yeah. called a Virginia number and my sat phone was up, it rang in. Yeah. 
And if she called the office, the office would patch it through to my cell phone. That meant my sat phone wasn't working. Right. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's I mean, you, it's interesting how how you had to. I mean, you being a moral man had to uh, put your morals aside for different purposes, for safety in different areas, not all the way, you know. Oh, because, no, I was completely you quit, moralist you know. for a long time. No, 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 I was right. completely moralist for a long time. I'm right. not going to lie about that either. Right. I was a whore. Yeah. And, um, and so, but you, but in some ways, like, you had to lie to your wife. Like, you didn't want to do that. You want to tell her the truth of where you are, you know, and, but government makes you do this and you must comply. You know, it's really, it's interesting at the granularity of how every little bit of your life is manipulated and controlled by the, the hierarchical system that you're a part of. Like you don't really have freedom. Well, you, see, I'll counter that with this because I'm going to be frank. Please. I volunteered just like I did when I started doing my work as a consultant afterwards, okay, without being a contractor for U.S. companies. Um, I volunteered to do that. I signed on the dotted line, swore an oath. I knew my parameters. I didn't buck from my parameters. If I saw something bullshit, I would call it out and stuff. I mean, right. but, you know, when I say I was a whore, I literally mean I lied because I was still compartmentalizing shit. You brought up compartmentalization. It's yeah. not just. Not just the structure of the offices. It's also in your mind. Right? Yes. Yes. Right. But that was something that I did to myself. Yeah. So I could justify it in my mind to lie to my wife so she doesn't worry. See how this goes? Right. Yes, yes. It's a, then, it's a necessary evil for your own consciousness because otherwise you'd be conflicted all the time. Yes, and a lot of the stories, I mean, I remember getting an RPG slam into the room we are in, you know, while we were somewhere. Uh, and I, I can say this. Rocket propelled grenade room. slams into the room you're in and explodes. And well, it exploded outside the room and caved in the wall a bit. But, Jesus. Uh, but what I'm saying is, I remember telling my wife, oh, my bros just fucking threw some shit at each other wow. after the explosion. And we're all laughing. Wow. And uh, nobody got hurt. But it, it, like I said, RPG, everybody needs to look it up. It, it works on something called a mon yeah, but it, it works on something called the Monroe Principle. where It's a shape charge, and what it does is it actually sends the Monroe Principle, it sends a super high-speed jet out of it, and the standoff distance, the tip to the back, and the back is like a cone, and that's filled with explosives, and it's hollowed out. Right. So the explosive jet forms at the back, and the standoff distance from the front, which on an RPG... That's a uh, piezoelectric uh, rock that sends off. Once it get once that crystal's broken, it hits the back to the firing pin, and that standoff distance given, and it makes a hole. Boom. And depending on the material, and of course the material building materials over there are shoddy at best, <laughs> and so it caved in like a part of the wall. 
but nobody got hurt. You know, that jet just luckily nobody was in the path of that jet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was just funny. Everybody at first, everybody like, fuck, what the fuck? I said, dude just threw a goddamn game into the TV, a PlayStation, I think I said, or something. I can't remember. Xbox, PlayStation, something. Wow. It all morphs in time now, but yeah, yeah. and then uh, everybody starts laughing. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, motherfuckers. And they knew you were on the phone with your wife at the time. And... Yeah, yeah, I was. I just was behind the couch, and the couch. That's the one thing that did happen when they when it happened. The uh, there was one guy sitting on the back of the couch, like chilling, and the couch flipped over. Oh no! And I was like, "Damn, what the fuck!" Wow. And he's like, "Damn, that was funny, man." Yeah. Wow. At least you guys are okay, man. That's crazy. yeah, but it's just that kind of stupid shit. So yeah, it's not like you're lying big lies, but still, no, like, was... it's your job to lie to your wife, and it's and you, it sucks. Like it, that you had to compartmentalize no. your mind to to do that shit because you know I, you love I her was and lying you want to tell the truth. Yeah. I was lying big lies, brother. Big lies. Right. Yeah. And that's just an example, and it's the easiest one. I it's see. funny. I think everybody can digest. Right. Um, but, yeah, man, I... I and that, that was I wrong, said, and you knew it, and you, like, you felt it inside. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It pained me. Right. But I just put it in that compartment. Right. And said, oh, it's for my country, for God and country, right? See the bullshit? Man, yeah, mind control. But, and so, no, like all the all the guys, not. well, I mean, in I a way, that. yeah, it was it was you voluntarily mind controlling yourself. Yes. You know, it's weird. Like, I mean, that's what boot camp does. Like, it uh, it makes you part of this crew of people cult, I guess. Uh, that you know, you are part of that. And if you if another if a brother is like falling, you have to pick him up and like. It's um, it and in your mind you think you 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 want to pick him up like they train you to think differently. You know, it's a it can be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. Uh, that's that's a lot more conversation. But what I'm saying is that it, in a sense it is mind control. Uh, whether it's like you're doing it on purpose, it's like you're controlling your mind, like um in a way that's against your will and it's for the will of your boss, you know? Well, here's how I look at it because I have a different mindset on that because of, okay. I volunteered at 17. I know I was a minor and everything, but my mother signed off crying when I went in the army anyways. Um, but, um, you know, I look at this, here's how I look at it. And if you were to see some of the writings that I do, uh, which you can't, because, you know, you're not on the same place I am where I publish. Okay. Um, I've said this numerous times, and I'm, I mean it, and I believe it. Avoid, I, I hate saying it like this because it sounds like I'm self-aggrandizing, and I'm honestly not. To take the path of a warrior is like taking uh, to the priesthood. It's a calling. Yeah. And you know it at a very young age, what you want to do. 
and then it's up to the warrior to take the path that takes it's the old uh it's the old uh adventures uh the circle uh, i'm trying to think of the name of it the um uh path to adventure the uh oh my path God. of the hero yeah hero's hero path by his last name starts with a c i'm sorry campbell folks. joseph campbell campbell, campbell. joseph right. campbell that's right right and it's very similar to that you know you meet the mentor another mentor right. arrives you know, and you're living like you're living your will and you want to be a warrior, but you 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 get captured by this larger entity of military. Like if you if the military wasn't there, you would be a warrior for your family, for your community. Yeah, but I'd you know, be an unguided, for what you care about. Yeah, but I'd be an unguided and undisciplined one. The, the one thing well, that I with, if your community had guides and mentors, if you had if there was if there was an established, you know, if if you could, if like, there was the Native, like the Native Americans, city, like, you know. Uh, if there was an established city, <laughs> county, municipal, or tribal organization, like, quote-unquote, militia. Right. Trained and instilled discipline, honor, yeah. loyalty, and fidelity, then yes. Right. I, I would say that, but see, the only place I ever saw that and I hate to say this, was in West Germany back in the day when West and East Germany were a thing. Right. West Germans had the option for one year, only one year, they served in either the Bundeswehr, you know, or the uh, Luftwaffe, the German Air Force, the Army of the Air Force, or the Kriegsmarine, which is their Navy. And then um, they could be police, or sanitary corps, which was uh, like EMTs, or they had like um, uh, troop uh, health centers, but or TMCs, troop medical centers in the community where people could dispense pills, could dispense first aid. So they don't always have to be in a fighting position. They can do exactly. Right, right. And, and I thought that was a good thing. I think everybody should do one year of some sort of service mm. to their community, at least. Right. Not just to the nation state. <clears throat> their community or their church or their... Well, whatever. You know. right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I I, I know we're quibbling in, on <laughs> fine hairs, eh. but I'm trying not to because right. these things I saw work. I did see this work in the 80s. I don't know if it can work now, but we're just too divided, which breaks my heart. But, you know, I've also investigated that garbage. So, yeah. you know, that's the whole thing, folks. I mean, it's about community. Be right. local and be vocal. That's be, great. be very vocal when you act local. Yeah. I don't care about your politics. I'm a political atheist. Good. And uh, that's, right. that's the truth. Now, do I have a belief in God? Hell yeah, but I also believe, and there's no contradiction to me, I also believe in my ancestors, which is pagan. Mm -hmm. Because those without those ancestors, I wouldn't be here. Right, right. And they helped mold me. Right. And literally, that's the line that created you. Like, yes. You know, yeah. 
on both sides, the Dago and the box head, the, the Italian <laughs> and German. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm, you're an honorable, honorable man who was, um, for a time in your life, you wanted to do the honorable thing and learn, yep. you know, learn the ways of the warrior. And the only real path that was shown to you that has these things was the military. And, you know, at a young age, you hungered for that. And so they they took you. Right. And they give you this path that you could live. You know, they you know, they gave you the intelligence. And then they, they then afterwards, you, I'm sure it was very easy to get the law enforcement positions, yep. you know, like a greased path for you to just. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It was an easy path. And right. and then I remembered a lot of the wisdom of the military popped back in my head. And it was actually in 09 when the realization happened i'm like it's been so easy and i'm like wait the easy path is always mine you take the hard path right i'm like why am i still taking the easy path because even leaving there i could have gone to another u.s company with no problem right and i was like fuck this i'm done good that's right man that's the most honorable thing i think and that's why i'm so glad that that you could come and share your story and tell my my listeners about actual human trafficking thanks to Obama and the first black president was trading in Ugandan slaves (laughs) yep and so with our tax dollars like they took our taxes our they thieve that from us and they give it to other countries for slaves I mean it's so renamed Aid it's, for Africa. Oh God! So sounds so positive, too. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's so evil and disgusting, and and you saw the the real monster without its mask, and you said, "I'm not going to give that any more of my power anymore." And now you you any live. Food. Yeah. What's that? Any more food? I'm not going to feed it. Right. Yeah, starve because if I gaze at the monster, how long till I become that monster? Yeah, right. If you, yeah, if you like, if you had to compartmentalize that evil of the human trafficking, that just that's a different level of morality that you can't you can't live on that. You can't you you as a person knows that you can't compartmentalize, can't stuff that down, and keep working for these evil fucks like there's a line and you you just you wouldn't go past that like i mean you make these little lies and you know big lies and you know it's all for the greater good until you realize the greater good is not good it's fucking human slavery and you're done god bless you man (laughs) that's great thank you brother but you know i i I always feel comfortable talking with you and, yeah. you know, being old school groiper, I, uh, I always like to feel comfy and you're an excellent, uh, host. I'm, I'm really glad that you asked me to come on the show. Thank you, man. I, I, well, it's my pleasure. I'm glad that you came. That's great. Thank you, brother. 
And can we tell people where they can listen to you? You have a podcast and you have uh, some stuff going on. People can hear your perspective of things. Would you like to tell them where, where they can find that? S-W-O-R-D-P-O-I-N-T, all lowercase, and the numeral nine at YouTube. And that's where you'll find my shows. That's great. Thank you so much. And uh, Kaiser, it's been a pleasure. And um, maybe when, you know, I, I do keep uh, talking to you, uh, you know, in real life. And uh, if there's anything else that you would want to talk about or uh, you want to go further on this subject, you know, reach out and, you know, give, give me a holler. And it would be a pleasure for me to have you on again. Thank you very much, brother. Awesome. And you be well and be safe and blessed. And I mean that, brother. Wonderful. Thank you. The same for you, brother. Wake the Dead has its own line of fine art t-shirts. Fine art photographic prints you can wear. More designs are being added all the time. Available at storefrontier.com slash Octoritas Illusio. Here you will also find many classic designs like Gadsden's Sweet Leaf, Anarchy Pyramid, and Three Percenter Phoenix, made to engage people with constructive conversations. Help support Wake the Dead while buying creative art at the same time. Storefrontier.com slash Octoritas Illusio, spelled A-U-C. T-O-R-I-T-A-S-I-L-L-U-S-I-O. Thank you.